0: everybody everybody told me the same thing every italian every los angelino's like it's impossible to make a good pizza in los angeles the water sucks the weather sucks you sucks everybody sucks
1: three guys who've pretty much mastered their craft gathering to talk about their ups and downs wins and losses over careers that are far from over it's the dough whisperers panel from our inaugural pizza city fest in la straight ahead.
2: Straight-fried pepperoni. I need a deep dish pepperoni and a thin sausage to
3: go. Can I get two avores and one uh, Detroit? Can okay, I get one large pet, one large sausage, and one large pet special?
1: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, the ultimate Chicago pizza guide, and founder of Pizza City Tours and Pizza City Fest. Nice.
2: It's like crispy.
1: Welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City. Um, hey, if you missed Pizza City Fest in LA and you're all interested in making great pizza dough, you were in luck today. We recorded all of our seminars. In fact, you can see all six of the panels and classes right now on our YouTube channel at Pizza City USA. But today's episode just focuses on our first panel entitled The Dough Whisperers. And before we get to it, quick reminder, please support the show at anchor.fm slash pizza city for just 99 cents a month. Hopefully you're a regular listener and you appreciate my efforts uh, trying to bring you guys the world of pizza and you think a buck a month is worth it. That's anchor.fm slash city. Okay, this week we're sharing seminar number one from Pizza City Fest LA. It was called The Dough Whisperers. Uh, we've done this at uh, our Chicago event uh, last summer. We're going to do it again this August. And it features some of the, the leading lights in the industry Um especially from the region we're going to be in. So in this case, L.A., Uh, Daniele Uditi from Pisana, which is growing like crazy. They've got a few locations in L.A. and one in Dallas. Evan Funky of Funky and Felix Trattoria and Mother Wolf. And Andy Caden, owner of Bub and Grandma's, a fantastic sandwich shop in L.A. But he also makes all the dough for Nancy Silverton. Uh, Speaking of which, since Nancy was in Italy during the weekend of Pizza City Fest. I sat down with her to talk about her thoughts on dough, and that short video is how we opened up this particular panel.
3: You know, when I set out to create what has become my pizza, and I'm very clear in saying my pizza, because you can't define it. You, You can't say, oh, it's a deep dish pizza or it's a Chicago pizza or it's a Neapolitan or it's a Detroit or it's whatever you want to say, it's my pizza, that's really important. In my approach to what was going to become my signature dough was that I approached it as a bread maker. Um, And it was very important for me to bring into my pizza dough all the characteristics that I tried to bring into my sourdough loaf. There was color in a dough. There was fermentation bubbles. Most important to me, if it's a good dough day, you will see that structure of the inside of a properly made sourdough loaf with the open hole structure, I would say my pizza is really pizza dough made from the eyes and the soul of a bread maker. I have to say, and I've said it many times before, that back in early 2000, I think might be late 1990s, I had the pleasure of being invited to Suzanne Goen's wedding in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, And she held it at Chris Bianco's pizzeria. And it was there when I tasted his pizza. I knew right away that one day I too was going to create my own pizza. And people have to remember all the time that they are working with a product that's alive. And every day it's going to be different. So rejoice in the good days. And when it's not such a good day, just remember that that pizza is always edible.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Dolinsky. I'm the founder of Pizza City Fest Los Angeles. All right. Thank you. We had to hear from the queen of pizza in Los Angeles, Nancy Silverton, uh, because we invited her. Of course, she was the first person I reached out to. But she is in Caiazzo, Italy this weekend, cooking at the 10th anniversary of Pepe and Grani, Franco Pepe's famous pizzeria there. So she's not in Los Angeles. uh, But I did talk to her at Mozza a couple weeks ago. I wanted to get her take on dough. That was very important as we talk about how important dough is to making pizza. Um, I'm so excited that this panel is with us today. Uh, these are just the all-stars uh, in LA, and I'm going to get out of the way. We're going to go for about 45 minutes and take your questions at the end. I'm going to turn over the floor to Noel Broner from Slow Rise Pizza. If you don't follow Noel, you should on Instagram, Slow Rise Pizza. He can spur a lot of folks throughout LA and beyond. Uh, He'll be leading the discussion today. Noel, the floor is yours. Thank you, Steve Dolinsky.
4: Hi, everybody. We're not going to talk about pineapple and pizza. If you want to ask us about that at the end, you're welcome to. But we're going to talk about dough. Dough is near and dear to my heart. I got to say, I'm not from Italy. I'm not from New York. My parents are from New York and Chicago. So I kind of grew up in a pizza war zone. But I'm from LA. And honestly, I grew up like a latchkey kid. I, I grew up eating frozen pizza, so I'm not steeped like Daniele in, like, the history of Naples pizza, right? Andy here grew up in New Jersey, right? I say the best New York pizza is in New Jersey right now, right? So I'm not the only one. New Jersey in the house? There you go. Um, and then we've got Evan Funky here. Evan is uh, one of my favorite chefs. I was just at the opening of his, of his new restaurant, Funky in Beverly Hills. He is a sixth-generation Californian, true or not, true, sir. Very true. Very true. So I'm, I'm going to start with Evan, and I'm just going to mention something that I, we were talking about backstage and, and the other night. I went to the opening of his restaurant. Everything was on point. But Evan wasn't happy with the dough the first night. Nope. <laughs> so for those of you who are making pizza at home and you're not
5: happy with your dough one night, you're not the only one. Evan, what happened the other night? Well, first of all, the worst thing that can happen is pizza. So everything's going to be okay. You have to realize, for me... Pizza and pasta is very much an animal. It lives, it breathes. It's directly affected by its immediate environment. So monitoring and being aware of the environment that the pizza is living in is very important. On top of that, if you're using wood fire, that's an additional animal that you have to control, or at least try to dance with. So the dough is the animal, the fire is the animal, he can talk about that a little bit more, being from Naples. But uh, dough is, is everything. And uh, you can go as molecular and as you know, atomic as you want all the way down into the formula. But for me, <clears throat> bread, pizza, pasta, it's all math. And I, I wish to God that I had paid more attention in math class. Because if I knew how much fucking math I would do on a daily basis, I would have paid more attention. Good point. I've been teaching pizza classes on
4: Zoom for about two years, ever since the pandemic started. And I had Adam Kuban on. If you guys know him, he's doing uh, you know, pan-style pizza from New York. And he was teaching all the classes with his very precocious third-grade daughter, Margot. And I used to say that, guys, it's only third-grade math. And she's like, actually, Noel, it's second-grade math. I'm like, really, Margot? Additions, subtraction? multiplication and division but not long division apparently that's second grade math these days so he's right
5: but it doesn't you don't have to be a genius right you do not <laughs> you just have to have a scale and patience I like it's all that. measurement good
4: danielle you diff- you would disagree with that for you pizza's all feel am i correct
0: It's not that i disagree i i mean you can buy all the books in the in the world you can right you can study and be over there and uh, uh, you know, having an amazing time understanding hydration, understanding the relation between P and L, you know, instant ext- uh, you know, and but at the end of the day, this is a job that you got to do it. I mean, if you don't wake up in the morning, you get your hands dirty. I've been doing this job since I was nine years old. I woke up uh, at 4 a.m. in the morning to help my family making bread. And how I started to, to, to make bread was... Uh, uh, with, the, with the, the eye of a kid that doesn't understand second grade math. So, uh, <laughs> I just saw all my family around this beautiful wooden bin, we call it madia in, uh, in Naples amatr uh, in, in, in dialect. And everybody was playing with the sticky stuff. Sticky stuff for nine years old. You know what it means, right? So I want to play with the freaking sticky stuff too. Why everybody's having fun and I'm not allowed. To do it so i start to have my hands dirty and then uh, that's how my passion for bread became but i had an auntie that uh i still have it she never went to school she doesn't even know how to write uh, uh, her name she signed with an X. so and do you anytime that i will ask her how do you do this how do you do do you have a recipe and the answer of my auntie was like god you just do it don't worry about it just do it you weigh the salt, weigh, no, don't weigh anything, just taste everything as you go. So that's my experience as a, as a child. Then you grow up, you know, and there is technology, right? There's refrigerations. There is, uh, 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 there is yeast that has been uh, dried. There's chemical yeast, there's natural yeast. Uh, there is biga, now there is pat fermente. There is all these beautiful techniques that are part of all over the world. You just got to choose what you want to do and apply it to your job. For me, I was lucky enough to be born in a family that was ignorant of uh, math and, uh, you know, it, it's just tradition. In Italy, there is a lot of, Evan went to Italy so many times, you know there is like that. There's a lot of people that do stuff and they don't even know how they do it. It's it just, magic. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be born in a family where my mom was a chef, my grandpa was a pastry chef on cruise ships, and my auntie was, uh, pe- uh, was happened to be uh, a bread baker. And she gave me this beautiful starter, which is called Krishido. And to answer to you, Krishido is basically a sourdough with salt. So, so everybody knows what we're talking about. So it doesn't go sour because the salt controls the pH. So it keeps it low. And uh, you have this actually sweetness note of the flour instead of the sour note. That's what I do at Pizzana. So I refresh that dough every day. And I do it because of uh, m- muscle memory. If I had to explain to you each things that I do, I tried. I have a book, it's sold on a, <laughs> a stand over there. If you guys want to go in you know, and go buy it, you just go. But you know, I do it because I do this job since I was nine years old and I do it every day. So I encourage people to just wake up in the morning. If you love pizza, you love dough, you love bread, like I do, and I have a to prove it, just do it. Just go have, make your hands dirty. Do it, and trust me, you're going to have fun.
4: I love it. I love it. I'd like to bring Andy Caden into this uh, conversation. Hello, Andy. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Andy is the owner of a multitude of businesses, but I met you when you just had Bub and Grandmas, right? That's correct. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You got into this business to make sandwiches, and na- only now have you been starting to make sandwiches.
2: Yes, it is. it it's, uh, was a seven-year bread-related blackout. It's that, uh, it, that I had to go through in order to get back to the sandwiches. But now we have the bread to put the sandwiches within, so that's That's very good. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not Italian. I am, I am a Jew from New Jersey.
4: What? And you make bread and pizza.
2: I make, yeah, I make a lot of different things, yes. So tell
4: us how you met Nancy Superton, because I feel like that's important. It's not an important part of why I brought you in, but I think it's, it's interesting.
2: I started in my house in Mount Washington, 15 minutes from here about eight years ago, just making bread so that I could talk to somebody who already is a bread baker about what I wanted them to make for me so I could have a sandwich up. Um, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the bread on its own um, had its own path. So we, we followed that path and are a wholesaler now and sell bread to 150 restaurants around Los Angeles. It's taken a long time to get there, but... Through that process, um, our our second head baker that we hired uh, came via Moza, and uh, Nancy reached out about us taking over all of the bread for all the Moza restaurants, which was sort of a um, unfathomable step in the growth of the of the business. Um, and once we did that, and used you know that was a springboard to graduating to a larger bakery. We then took over all the pizza dough for Pizzeria Moza. Um, and uh, Kispaka and a variety of other things, working at first with Nancy's recipe and then developing it over time to make something that both of us were really happy with. But yeah, that's the, that's the Nancy tale. That's a pretty awesome story. It's yeah, very, very honored to work with her. So how did you get into um, you know, the love of dough? I have a, uh, as I would imagine these two do as well, and a lot of chefs in the world, uh, an obsessive nature Um, And if I am working on something, I have to repeat it over and over and over and over again until I get to a place where it makes sense to me and I have control over it. Um, And unfortunately for home pizza cooks and bread bakers, unless you are doing it on that daily repetition like Danielle was talking about, it's very difficult to wrangle dough-related products unless you are really seeing the development day by day, seeing how the humidity, the temperature, everything that's going on in in the environment that you're producing the dough changes the dough, it's going to be very difficult to get the desired product that you want, unless you are, you know, hands deep in it every single day. So best of luck to all of you. But uh, uh, it it uh, both uplifts life and destroys life, the the, the dough way. But yeah, that's... Of how it happened. When
4: I was you guys 15 years ago, sitting in those seats thinking one day I want to be up here, that's never actually what I thought, but I, I am up here now. It wasn't the plan. I thought, man, what do those, what do those guys know that, that I don't know, right? And actually, I don't think there's really anything. I think what happened was that we caught the bug. We started making pizza every day. We found people that were just dumb enough to invest in us. And we still just make pizza every day, but it's not always that great. And whether you have a dough that's a B minus or a B plus, or a C minus or an A plus, you still got to make pizza, right? So I wonder if we have any advice for people sitting out there. I'll start with you, Evan, since you're closest to me. If you ha- do you have any advice for people who, even if they don't want to open a pizzeria, if they just want to make awesome pizza for their friends and
5: family, where do you start? Well, first of all, the dough senses fear, <laughs> OK? It senses fear, absolutely. It's going to know. Treat it like an animal, OK? You have to give bread rules. You have to give it rules. It needs structure. It needs discipline. It needs repetitive, repetitive love. If you give it rules, it will learn about you, and you will learn about it. And that's all that it is. That's for real. You've got to give it rules. Same thing every day, same temp, same hydration, same flour. You got to pay attention to the details. And it's going to speak to you. It's going to tell you, I'm dry, I'm too wet, I'm too tight, I'm too extensible. It's going to talk to you. You just have to learn the language. You can't learn the language unless you pay attention to it. And you can't learn the language unless you do it every fucking day. Every day. Even on Sunday and that's really it and and it's it's going to be a journey it's going to be a journey and it's never going to be the same that is the one constant with pizza dough it's never the same it's a journey it's, with no destination correct
4: just like excellence <laughs> andy any advice for people sitting out there on
2: i mean exactly what he was talking about if it's not just giving the dough rules. You have to give yourself rules. Because if you for one day decide to do something a little bit different in your own life, then the dough will reflect that. And you have to abide by the the, the uh, rules of the dough. If you step outside of that, then you're going to get a result that is not in line with what the rules typically produce. And you also, in that moment, won't learn anything. Because if it's not the same every day, you won't know what you're making changes to affect. So regulated schedule is super important for yourself and for the dough, and then um, you're able to you know, make adjustments to try and get to what you want. But if you don't have that focus and dedication and sick obsessiveness, uh, it makes things very difficult to achieve the goal you're looking for. I'll add to that something really quickly. The only way to truly
5: know something is to completely fuck it up and then try it again. That's the only way you know how to troubleshoot it. You just have to again and again and again and again. You got to know it upside down, backwards, forwards. And you got to, it's just, you have to fail. And you have to give your space and grace to fail. Again, the worst thing that's going to happen is pizza. Daniele, how about you?
0: The worst thing that's going to happen is pizza. You're still going to have a meal, so it's good. I can give you the point of view as an immigrant, because when I came over here, I'm from Naples. And uh, so I hate when people put a a label on, especially on me where I come from. It's like, uh, you're from Naples, you got to do Neapolitan pizza, right? It's like, I honestly, I grew up between Naples and Caserta. And uh, those two cities are very similar, but so different. So with my auntie, we used to do this, though that uh, is baked in uh, a bread, bread oven, right? Bread oven usually has the mouth of the oven is uh, higher. So there is a, l- a lot more dispersion of uh, heat uh, because you have to introduce more moisture into the dough. So you have uh, pots and pans of, uh, of water that are boiling to create steam. It's not like right now we have this beautiful oven there. you push a button and there's sh- beautiful steams coming out. And when I came in, the- in Los Angeles, Everybody, everybody told me the same thing. Every Italian, every Los Angelinos like, it's impossible to make a good pizza in Los Angeles. The water sucks, the weather sucks, you sucks, everybody sucks. <laughs> and I was so scared of trying to make a pizza. Then the first time that I tried to make, my pizza sucked. Literally sucked. It's so, oh my god, now I cannot make my living. So but what I did, I just called my auntie and she told me. Just do what you used to do over here. I said, yeah, it's easy for you because you go by feeling. You're doing this job since you were nine years old. You go by feeling too. So I started to adjust. I started to uh, repeat the same dough every day. Maybe more water, maybe less water, maybe more yeast, maybe less yeast. uh, More starter, less starter. And I adjusted. But the goal was to recreate uh, a memory, right? A a memory that that I had of a dough that was important for me. So the advice I can give you guys, when you start to make a pizza, decide, decide already what pizza you guys want to make. And don't worry about the style, New York style, New Jersey style, Detroit style. Do what you like, what it's meaningful for you. Because if you first like it, you're going to be a better storyteller for the people that you're going to serve the pizza. So that's the advice I can give to people. What what is
4: the relationship in your mind between pizza and bread? Pizza for me is
5: uh, the you know Italy's first fast food. Yeah, Napolitana. It's in the oven, twelve hundred degrees. It's out in under sixty seconds. That is not bread. Bread takes a long time to make, pre shape, final shape, proofing, scoring, baking, steaming. Venting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a much, much longer process. Are they made from the same stuff and kind of act the same way? Sure, but it's definitely not the same thing.
4: Well, Daniella, you started out as a bread maker. Now you're known as a pizza maker. What's the relationship between pizza and bread?
0: I can give you a very historical question about that. So the first pizza wasn't even a pizza. It was a focaccia. So the word pizza means you know, means flatting out the dough. That's what the, the word comes from. So pizza were a little tryout to understand what temperature was the oven when the thermometer wasn't invented. So before to make bread, you heat up the flame, you put the oven at a very high temperature, and then slowly, slowly, slowly it goes down. And then there is two tricks, artisanal tricks that I learned from my artisanal family. One is you grab a little flour, you put it on, uh, on the floor and you count how much time it takes to burn, right? So you know approximately what, uh, what temperature is the, 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 the floor of the oven. The other one is you can splash your water and you see if it steams right away or it's like the bubbles keeps uh, repeating itself uh, during more separation of time, so it takes more time. That's very rural, that's very prehistoric. Uh, that's how I learned to manage the oven without thermometer and, and, and nothing. But there is another technique is to take a little bit of dough, flatten it out, put it in the oven, and see which spot cooks the most so you know exactly where to put the first loaf of bread and rotating it. So to don't throw away those little proofing uh, dough, we used to dress it with a little bit of lard, garlic, and herbs. And that was the first pizza that was invented. It was called Masto Nicola. And that was sold on the little street in Naples. Then tomato came... And then it became uh, pizza with tomato sauce. And uh, I think something similar uh, started in Spain, too, in Valencia, something that they are called coca. So if you, f- if you think about it, in, in uh, air measurement, Valencia and Naples are on the same uh, parallel. So, so there's something that uh, is very similar about those two te- techniques of making bread. So where it was born, 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 I'm not sure. But I know that for sure pizza was uh, uh, something to preserve bread. It's like, okay, I'm going to try out to see the temperature of the oven. I'm not going to throw away the bread. And I'm going to sell out a flat bread. So that's how pizza was born.
2: Mr. New Jersey? As starting as a bread baker and a bread producer, the main thing that jumps out at me off, just off the top of my head is that Bakers, bread bakers have a much shittier work schedule. Um, and p- pizzas at night and bread is in the dark of morn. Um, and it's just part of the lifestyle. If you commit um, to that way of being, if you fall in love with, with bread specifically in the way that I did and the way that our bakers do, it you know it's an alternative way of living. You have to commit to it. Um, I mean t- in the same way that pizza is if you're operating a restaurant at night that's also an alternative way of living um, from the way that the general masses for the most part live um, and it's, it is a, uh, not only just a way of life in terms of when the businesses operate but a way of life in terms of dedication to the product that you've made your own um, so that, that's the first thing that jumps out to me besides just the, the, the processes it's just a, a different way of living If I
5: have a vision in my mind of what it needs to look like, feel like, taste like, smell like, I don't stop until I get there. And every one of you is an expert at what tastes good to you, right? You're an expert at what is salty, what is light, what is heavy, what is creamy. Nobody can fuck with that. Nobody can touch that. You should hold on to that and that, let that be the driver to what you want to achieve with the pizza. There is no style. He asked me before, does L.A. have a pizza style? I said, absolutely not. Pizza should be personal. Personal authenticity is far more important than putting something inside of a box and putting a label on it. As soon as you put a label on it, the art is lost. It's lost. So don't put a label on it. Just fucking make pizza. It's going to be okay.
0: You have seven notes. You make so many different symphonies. Melodies. The same thing is uh, bread and uh, uh, and dough. You have the same ingredients, but look how many things you can make out of it. So, it's up to you guys what you wanted to do. For me, it was very difficult because as an Italian and Neapolitan, I got like uh, so many criticism from my fellow people in the beginning. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, I just closed my eyes and uh, I reimagined uh, my childhood, and I was happy. So I was in a happy place. And that's what I do every day at my shop. And I try to teach the people. Dough. Uh, Noel and me had a long discussion about uh, buying a, a machine, right? Like, uh, to make dough. I have six locations, and uh, we have nine people now that still mix the dough by hand. And my partners, which are the investors, want to kill me because, you know, it's labor in Los Angeles is not that cheap. But we still do it by hand. You, you, t- you tell me... There is a machine that can do the same thing that you can do right now? I don't know. Maybe yes, but the feeling for me is is different. It's uh, I when I go there and I touch the, and I think me and Evan are very similar on this, on these things, because you had you created an hashtag, so fuck you pasta machine. I was following <laughs> up, I was following up with the FU dough machine, so it's the same thing. But I want to feel the dough by hand. Because when you wake up in the morning, even though you follow all the rules in the world, you wake up in the morning and the dough reacts like a 5 years old kid. Oh, today I'm more active. <laughs> oh, tomorrow I'm going to be sleepy. And that needs, to, needs a source of heat. And then it's too much heat. And then there's too much of this and too much of that. You're like, oh my god, it's better if I do twins than I have a dough in the house. So. That's how I approach every day. I just wake up in the morning. I go say hi, and my wife thinks I'm a crazy because I talk with the dough. It's like, oh my God, my beautiful baby, so he "Are you dumb?" So no, I know because the dough sends fears, but also sends love. It sends that you're there, and the moment you look away, you're screwed. Trust me, you're screwed. And it happened to me today. Today we came with the dough from my uh, restaurant, from my commissary kitchen beautifully, proofed, shiny, airy. Then I come over here, it's freaking overproofed. How then a, what I got to do? Put it back in the refrigerator because it's so hot and then talk to them, please don't, don't leave me alone. I, literally, well, that's what I did. That's what I did. The people think I'm nuts. I, I am nuts. But I love my job. I love what I do. And I love making people happy. Yeah. That's what I like.
4: Excellent. I'm going to tell one quick story, then we'll open up the, uh, the mic to some questions. One of the things that I'm always hoping for, and I've always been hoping for, is happy accidents, right? So I'll tell a quick story. One of my first consulting jobs in LA was working for Ori at Bestia. And one of the reasons I wanted to work for Ori is that he had a spiral mixer, and I'd never used a spiral mixer before. And I had just bought a book in Italian by Gabriele Bonci. Uh, uh, I guess he was well-known in Italy. They called him the Michelangelo, right? of pizza, but in LA, never heard of him. And he was doing something called a high-hydration dough. And I wanted to make high-hydration dough. And he said, oh, he uses a spiral mixer. So I worked for Ori five, six days a week. And then on Mondays, when we were closed, I would go in and mix dough. The problem was that his mixer was huge, and I didn't have enough room for it. So I would mix a huge batch of dough and stash it in French Watkins all over town. And then all week long, I would come home and make pizza. And one week, I didn't have enough time to make all the pizza, so I had some dough that was left over for eight days. And I thought, I'm never going to be able to use that stuff. It's wet. It's sticky. It's over-fermented. I plopped it out on the table. It smelled great. I shaped it. It was really sticky, but it looked beautiful. It had all these fermentation bubbles on it. I baked it off. It, came, it rose beautifully. I came out of the oven. I cut it. It was amazing. I texted Ori a picture. He said, bring it. So I brought it to him. and I was really scared to bring Ori. I don't know if any of you know him. He's a scary guy. He's my height, but he's really scary. Anyway. He said, this is the best bread I've ever had in my life. Can you do it again? And I thought, no. <laughs> who, who ferments dough for eight days? But you know what? That happy accident made me realize that time was the secret ingredient that I was missing on, right? And so that happy accident allowed me to realize that really losing control and not being afraid to, to take some chances is sometimes what can get you to like that next phase of development. So I think it's time for us to open up uh, the, uh, the, the floor to some questions, if anybody has any. Uh, for 10 years here, I've heard, whenever I'm
0: seeking a new awesome pizza place in LA, I go to a spot, I think the pizza's amazing, and then the person who told me about the secret says, hey, it's because the water was imported from New York, or something like that. So I wanna ask you, and it's not just the question about this, I would like to hear some stories if you have them, how important is the water in the dough-making process and where you get it from and, you know, whether it's distilled, et cetera.
2: Not important. There you go. Um, I, I, I think it's not important not in that it doesn't matter, but it's not important in that no matter where the water is coming from and what the pH is and how hard it is and how soft it is, you adjust and you can still make unbelievable bread and pizza and everything else. Uh, with that in mind, it's it's uh, those types of things, and been hearing it about bagels in Los Angeles for years, and pizza in Los Angeles for years, and all of those things now exist in really great forms in Los Angeles. It's just about effort, suffering, working hard, getting to a place where you figure it out. If that is what you need to fall back on to to like describe why something is not right or is right. That is an easy way out. Um, Yeah, that's my take. Temperature of
5: the water is far more important than what's in it.
2: That is correct.
5: Final answer? Final answer. And honestly, the yeasts and the natural yeasts that are on your body, all of you have natural yeasts, all of your dough, if we were to all make separate doughs, all 80 of you or whatever that is, same recipe, they would all taste completely different because of the natural yeast that are on you. The more you make the dough, the more the bread becomes a part of you. That's why when you take a starter from San Francisco, ooh, I got the starter like eight years ago and in- from matter. San Francisco. None of it matters. None of it matters because eventually the natural yeast that are floating around in this place are going to taste yeah. like this place. That is true terroir. Terroir is not just for grapes, people. It's for bread. It's for you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I would suggest is to keep a dough journal, right? What is
4: the temperature of the room? What is the temperature of the flour? What is the starting temperature of the water? What is the starting temperature of the dough? What is the final temperature of the dough? The difference between the starting temperature and the final temperature is your friction factor. And so, if you keep a, a journal going and see, you'll be able to see certain patterns. That's that's what I recommend. I want to thank uh, these three gentlemen here for um, hanging out with us and discussing dough. I wanna thank you all uh, for coming. I don't know if Steve is still here. Thank you, Steve Dolinsky for coming from Chicago and uh, helping us to celebrate LA pizza. Thanks everybody.
0: Thank you.
1: All right, coming up in two weeks, we're talking to one half of the team who helped create a national sensation in the pizza world. Concept of California pizza was created at Chez Panisse. No doubt about that. And I've seen over the years the question of whose idea it was, whether it was Alice Waters' idea or Jeremiah Tower, who was the chef there. I'll talk to Rick Rosenfield, co-founder of California Pizza Kitchen, and now Roca, a Roman-style pizza concept that will probably be in a state near you at some point. That's in two weeks on June 9th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. Also, reminder to support the show at anchor.fm slash pizzacity. We're at pizzacityusa on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.